Okay, here we go. Hi, Daniel. Hi, Rocio. How are you today? Good, good. You're looking good today. How are you doing? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so are you, as yeah. always. Thank you. Just happy to be here again one more time. And yep. it's going to be my turn <laughs> to interview you. Okay. <laughs> So, and uh, just that uh, people watching can get to know a little bit more about, about you and your life and all the, the, the experiences that you've had living sure. in different countries, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, for those of you watching right now, uh, Daniel is originally from New Zealand. What part of New Zealand are you from specifically? So, okay, so I'm from Auckland in the North Island of New Zealand. Um, it's the largest city in New Zealand. Um, it's not the capital, but uh, the largest city in New Zealand in the North. Yeah. Okay, so is that where you were born? No, I wasn't. I was born uh, in the countryside. Um, my parents were hippies at the time. So... <laughs> So that's another story for another day, perhaps. But uh, I was born in the in the hills, in the countryside. Um, but uh, no, when I was quite young, they moved to the city, and I grew up there. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's cool. That's, yeah. Of course, it's going to be a story for a, another time because yeah. that's, that's very, <laughs> that's very interesting. <laughs> I want to know more about that. that sounds awesome. <laughs> cool. You know, actually, I'm a little bit of a hippie inside, right? Obviously, maybe don't look exactly like a hippie, but I, I have some, my heart is a little bit hippie. So I, I right. really want to know okay, more cool. about that. <laughs> Good. So tell we'll, me. We'll, we'll come back to that story then. <laughs> so Daniel, um, how old were you when you left New Zealand? Yeah, okay, that's, that's good and interesting. I, I grew up uh, in New Zealand and uh, I didn't leave New Zealand until I was 29 years old. And really, up until that point, I had had absolutely no interest or thought of travel uh, whatsoever. Um, my life was in New Zealand. My friends were in New Zealand. My work was in New Zealand. Everything I had and needed and wanted was in New Zealand. The holidays and things I did and trips I took were in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. um, and I hadn't even considered or really wanted or thought about traveling. It wasn't on my radar. Um, up until the age of 29. And the only reason I did leave New Zealand because uh, one of uh, a good friend of mine was going uh, over to England for, uh, for a year's sort of overseas adventure, if you like, we call them an OE. Um, mm -hmm. And at that stage of my life, I was just a little bit lost. I wasn't happy in my job. I wasn't happy... Um, you know, I was out the back end of a pretty rough relationship and I didn't really know what to do or what direction to go. And we were sitting down at lunch in a restaurant one day and he's like, well, why don't you come with me? Okay, cool. cool. Um, and what did you do? What did you do before you left? Like, what, where were you working or what, what was your life like? <laughs> um, I, did a, I did a bunch of different things. I... Um, School, I didn't do very well at school. School wasn't my thing. Studying was really hard for me. So I didn't go to university. At the end of school, I went, uh, walked down the road with a CV in hand and I picked up a, a local job. And my first job was picture framing. 
Um, and I worked there for a number of years in different departments doing different things. Okay. But mainly worked in customer services and sales and that sort of department and a few different companies. Um, I worked for Vodafone for a while uh, in their call centers. Um, but when I left New Zealand, I was working as a real estate agent. Real estate agent. Okay. Yeah. okay. All right, cool. And then and, you uh, went straight to England. Yeah. We, we so uh, literally at that, at that lunch conversation, I decided, yeah, okay, let's go. Because I had nothing else. I had nothing else on my plate and nothing better to do. And I wasn't happy with what I was doing. So I was like, right, let's go. And from that day on, um, you know, we sort of, the next six months, we started planning and organizing things. And I wrapped my real estate business. And, um, and we went to, we went to England. We, we flew, yeah. So England and New Zealand are almost opposite sides of the world. And so normally you fly uh, over the land around over Asia and Europe to England. But in this particular case, we flew the other way around the world. And so we decided to stop on the way and actually stop in the places we, we landed. So we flew from New Zealand to Tahiti and spent four or five days in Tahiti. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> which was nice. <laughs> Sitting on a beach and drinking in the local bars. And then we flew from Tahiti to Los Angeles uh, and we did the same thing there. We got off the plane and spent about five days in LA and wandered around the city and went to Universal Studios and did the tourist things um and then from los angeles to london nice that sounds like a great trip yeah well we were so the two of us um i was he's a bit younger than i am about five years younger than i am so sort of 25 29 that sort of age group so we were young adults and we were going to make an adventure of it oh, yeah of course. of course and and there was no um there were no return tickets at that stage. We were going for, the plan was we were going for a year or two and we'll see what happens. Just like that. Just see what happens. You didn't yeah. have a specific plan. We're going to work here. We're going to live there. Nothing. Yeah. Just we'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. So, That's great. so because New Zealand is a, is a Commonwealth country, um, we had connections with uh, England. And okay. so... Um, at that age, um, a New Zealander can apply for a working holiday visa, which allows them to work and live in England for up to two years. Wow, that's great. Those are great. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. Makes sense. So so my friend had that visa, but fortunately, my, uh, my grandfather was British. So I had a... a um, I had a longer visa. My visa allowed me to stay for five years. Cool. Because um, I had an ancestral visa. So we went and the plan was loose and it was open-ended. Yeah. So we landed in London and um, we, we actually ended up spending a month in London doing all the tourist things. Um, it was an expensive month, but, you know, that's what we were there to do. Was to bet. have fun and to see everything and explore everything and and live the life so we did of course yeah well that sounds great and then you moved uh to where different city where did you go okay cool yeah so we 
actually the first thing we did when we got to London is I had a friend who was living just outside of London. So we went and visited her and stayed with her for two weeks. And then we got on a bus and went down to Germany for Oktoberfest. Because it was that time of year and it would be wrong not to. Duh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing, really the first thing we did was we went down to Germany for a couple of weeks for Oktoberfest and then went back to London and did all the London tourist things. And then um, at the back end of sort of a month, we were, you know, we were on in internet cafes back then because um, that was how you got internet at that stage. Yeah. And so we were sitting in all the internet cafes online, trying to find jobs and looking around and seeing and trying to figure out what we wanted to do because the plan was really to explore Europe and, um, yeah, learn a bit about the other side of the world and find out about new cultures and new things and and see. And we got close to actually separating at that point. He was just about finding a job to go diving in the Red Sea. And I was just about lining up a job to go to climb uh, mountains in the Dolomites in Italy. And, and then, <laughs> yeah, because we were just, we were, we were completely open. We were going to go separate ways for a little while. And, but then we both ended up, we just, we both ended up getting jobs in a, in a hotel in a, um, in a five-star hotel in in the countryside in England there was a golf resort nice and so we thought no nah, let's stay together let's stick it together and we'll go and do this and it was because it was wide rather than countryside um they had uh live-in accommodation uh at the hotel okay. and for staff so we so we lived uh a five-minute walk down the road from the hotel cool and um and we lived it up for a while. So that sounds great. But like when you got to that point, did you find it very different from your life in New Zealand? Is the life where you were staying completely different or were something similar? How did you feel about that? Like going to a different country? Because that was your first time, right? Like going yeah. to, to live in a different culture. Right. Mm -hmm. at, that point, at that point, I was still a tourist. So we're still kind of on holiday and still just having fun. Um, and so I hadn't really considered how different things were. But when we started working and we started getting into the system and, and started having to apply for things, yeah, you start noticing uh, life. Well, yeah, the first thing is you have to apply for um, social security and job permits and bank accounts and all of these sorts of things. And the system's weird. And I think it's probably the same in every country. It's like you have to have a bank account before you can have a job. Um, oh. But to have a job, you have to have a bank account. And so there's things like this, you know, and, and to have a job, you have to have a social security number, but to have a social security number, you have to have a bank account. Right. And so these things are like, how do you how do you manage that yeah it's difficult everywhere you go like each country has their own you know paperwork and, and things yeah. that you have to deal with that i think that's like the worst part right of going right. To, to a different culture a different country i hate those things that was that was really kind of weird so we um what was quite good was that the hotel um employed a lot of foreign people okay and so 
Um, they help with sorting out that sort, those sorts of things uh, in quite a big way. Um, what was quite different was we were out in the middle of the countryside and the, the local town was um, maybe a 15, 20 minute drive away. And for the first time in my life, I didn't have a vehicle. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. That's a big change. But that was something I noticed straight away was that not lack of independence, but suddenly that lack of independence to go wherever I wanted, whenever I wanted, and just get in my car and drive. Mm -hmm. um, we had to depend on the hotel minibus to take us to town at certain times of the day and pick us up at certain times of the day. And then from town to get on a bus to go to the city or wherever else from there. Um, so that's one of the first biggest differences I noticed, as well as, as well as the weather. Oh yeah, is it very different? Well, I arrived in England, so we got back from Oktoberfest. So when I arrived, I left New Zealand coming into summer, and I arrived in England coming into winter. Okay. Because they're on opposite sides of the world in opposite hemispheres, um, and. I arrived in, uh, in, in the hotel was in the middle of the countryside and when it snowed, it snowed and it was snowed thick. And that was the first time for me being somewhere where it snowed at ground level, you know, not up in the mountains where I wasn't up in the mountain skiing. I'm like walking down the road to work and there's a foot of snow on the ground and it was cold. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's a big impact. Uh, it, it, it changes everything for you, right? I understand that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, that was it. Was really it was interesting because it's super beautiful. Out in the middle of the countryside, and just everything's white. Wow. White, white, white. As far as the eye can see, so super beautiful. But it was uh, it was weather that I um, wasn't used to and hadn't even thought about. True. True. And I think travel. I never traveled before, so I hadn't really even considered what I might find. I just I, I was gonna say, like I think I think it happens to a lot of people when they travel for the first time, especially, right? And and even worse if they have to move to a country and yeah. they've never been outside their country before, and then how the weather uh, and, and different climates can affect the way we we start living a new life right because in right. your case it, it could have been positive if you love the snow but it could have right. been negative if it made you feel secluded and that's also things that we need to consider when we travel when we go to a different country uh, right. things as as simple as the weather like can it affect my emotions can i can it affect my the way that i adapt to this new culture so that's i think yeah. that's a key element very interesting all right the weather um the weather in england was something that that ultimately would affect my my time there and how I enjoyed my time there mm -hmm. uh, in the long run. Um, and it was the weather in England was something that I really did, never acclimatized to, never enjoyed. And no. um, I think it was ultimately one of the reasons I left. Wow, that's good. That's good to know. Like it was it's, um, important. People, when people think of England, they think that it's that it rains all the time. That it's it doesn't rain that much, but it's cloudy. Yeah, a lot. Mm -hmm. It's very grey, and, and I mean it's very grey, a lot, a lot, a lot. And and England is um, very flat, so the clouds don't like hang around mountains and and then blow away. It just it just hangs over the country like a blanket, and. Yeah. 
And after a certain period of time, if you're not a, if you're not used to that, after a certain period of time, that gets really depressing. Of course, that, yeah. That's heavy. And so that was something I, I never acclimatized to. So how long did you spend in England? How many years did you stay there? So the plan, right, was to go for a year or two. And I ended up there for 10. 10 years? Yeah. Wow, that's a decade. <laughs> okay, so you, you adapted. You adapted to <laughs> You adapted to the weather just fine for a decade. <laughs> I survived the weather just fine for a decade. Oh my um, God. Yeah, it turns out. So um, I met when I was working in the, the hotel, I met a Spanish woman there who I got on with quite well and we ended up together. And um, we stayed working in the hotel for about nine months. Before moving on, um, she got work in a different part of the countryside. And um, at that stage, my friend was seeing somebody else as well. He met somebody there as well. And so we, me and my girlfriend, my now girlfriend, went to live uh, just north of London. Mm -hmm. um, she started flying for Ryanair. So we went to live just north of London where they were based. And uh, and my friend stayed there. So at that point, our trips separated. Okay. About, probably about a year into, eh, not quite a year. Yeah, maybe a year into our stay over there, our trips separated. And that was fine because, um, you know, we'd done what we'd come to do together. The okay. hotel had served its purpose and the idea of the hotel had served its purpose and that we'd, it was a real good place for us we lived there and they provided accommodation and they paid a salary and we went and traveled to little trips from there, little day trips or weekend trips or on our holidays, week trips to different parts of um, England, Wales, Scotland, Ireland. And, oh, and that was amazing. Yeah. So it was good fun. We bought, a, we bought an old beat up um, um, camper van mm -hmm. and drove it around uh, the countryside so you were kind of like living the real traveler's dream you know like just move to another country find a job uh you know even you met a partner you started traveling you you had the freedom to go back and forth and you're you're fine i mean it was it was a good experience to that point absolutely wow absolutely nice. we, yeah we, we had an absolute blast at the time um the hotel jobs were basic. We were working in the bars, and so the hours were crap. But uh, and when there were extra hours to work in, in restaurants or another, we'd do it and we'd earn the extra money. And then when we had time off, we'd enjoy ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we were on a beautiful, beautiful golf course, and we both like to play a bit of golf. So after work or before work, we'd head out and we'd smack a few golf balls around and have some fun. And so yeah, for nine months, uh, it was great. And we had a little um, uh, camper van, and which broke down all the time. Um, but that's part of the adventure. Yeah, of course. Um, of course, you're traveling like that. It's just like right. It's it was horrendous. You know, it, it got to the point where literally we were coming back from Scotland, and it broke down on the side of the road uh, in the evening. And we just decided, well, we're sleeping here, I guess. Nice. Sounds amazing. That sounds really great. I want to ask you something. And, yeah. and I want to apologize if, if, if my question 
uh, it sounds ignorant because, um, you know, I, I just, I don't know much, but I would think that there are some similarities between the culture in New Zealand and the culture in the UK. Uh, not everything, obviously, but there's gotta be some things in common. What was the, uh, the most difficult thing for you to adapt uh, when it comes to culture and to traditions? Um, yeah, that's uh, it's interesting. Maybe quite difficult. I, for some reason, I never felt at home in England. Okay. I always felt like I was a tourist, or I was on holiday, or I was. It wasn't my place. Mm -hmm. I never, never really, really connected with the people, the English people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Culture-wise, there are a lot of similarities. All right. And New Zealand is a British colony. So 90% um, of what we've got in New Zealand comes from England or thereabouts. And so there are a lot of similarities. But yeah, the people are a, a bit different. I found um, that the people were not as friendly, not as open, not as welcoming. Mm -hmm. um, but that depends a lot on what part of England you're in. Right. It's very different. Uh, you know, in, in Cambridge or north of London, and it is in the south, uh, in, in Bournemouth or uh, in Brighton, for example, or down in Cornwall. Um, so depending on what part of the country you're in, you get a different welcome. Of course. Of course. Even depending on different, different parts of London, uh, you have different, um, different cultures and different feelings. But... Um, uh, no, the, the simil there was a lot of similarities, to oh. be fair. But but for me, it was something in, in my heart, in my person. Mm. I just never felt at home in England. And it didn't matter that I was there 10 months or, or 10 years. Right. Um, it never got easier. It, it, it wasn't like it was... It wasn't like it was super hard. But once the adventure wore off, um, time there started to drag. And, and I wasn't comfortable and I didn't want to be there. Right, yeah. I, we're, we're talking years down the line. So, yeah. I, I can relate to that. I think uh, it's very important that people understand that that can happen. That is one of the risks that we take when we leave right. our country. I, and it's not just a, a matter of leaving our country because sometimes you can feel uh, out of place in your own country. You know, it happens to yep. a lot of people. I know it happened to me. I never felt like that was the right place for me. Like I always wanted to look for something else. I always had the urge to find some somewhere else. Right. And I understand how it happened to you. And it's important that people uh, know it, you know, because it can happen. You can uh, say, okay, so I want to go. And you can dream of going to a place and be yeah. there. And once you get there, you realize, oh, this is not how I, I expected to feel. And that can be a big disappointment and it can really affect you know our 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 lives and yep. it's good that you mentioned that that's how you yep. felt so is that what yeah, you I, I think it was a mixture of of the climate um you know the, the weather the climate and the people and just not being with my people and not being in my place and it it slowly wore on me over the years mm -hmm. and became, became more and more difficult um but and strangely enough i remember my mother when my mother came to visit one time to visit us um 
she felt the complete opposite. She felt a strong connection to her heritage, okay. um, being in England and being in the history and the country that has such rich and deep and deep history, um, which we don't have in New Zealand, being such a young country. Yeah? So she felt connected to the place, whereas I just felt cold. It's cold such a personal it. thing, right? Yeah. It's, like a it's just nobody has control over that. It's just something inside your soul, inside your heart that tells yeah. you, this is my place or no, I don't, I don't belong here. Right, and absolutely. You, can do, you know, it's nothing personal. Absolutely. So, is that when you decided to leave? When you felt like, okay, I've had enough after 10 years. <laughs> it's like, and then you decided to go to Spain or how did that happen? Tell me more about that. Sure. We moved around a little bit while we were there and um, we settled and lived for the most part on the south coast in Bournemouth, which is actually a really nice part of the country. Yeah, um, lovely, beautiful beaches. It is more friendly and it is perhaps a little bit more sunny than other parts of the country. But... Um, I yeah, I became more and more unsettled and more and more unhappy um, in, in England. And so yes, at some point, um, I mean we 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 had we got married. Uh, my my girlfriend and I uh, got married and started a family. So we had our first child there in England. Mm -hmm. um, Mario was born there um, when we were living in Bournemouth. And when we were pregnant with our second child, really started to come up the question of, is this the place we want to live? Is this the place we want to raise our family? Is this where we want to be long-term? Um, and while she enjoyed England and the opportunities it gave work-wise, um, I didn't. I was, and, and for me, I really, really wanted our family to be close to extended family. Okay. And for me, for me, it was a no-brainer. The, the, the answer was always New Zealand is by far the better place to raise a family, mm -hmm. far better than England. And from what I knew of Spain at that point, having only visited a few times, um, better than Spain also. But it's on the opposite side of the world and an awful long way away from uh, my wife's family. So we compromised. She would have preferred to live in England and I would have preferred to live in New Zealand. So we compromised and decided, let's move to Spain and be close to family, mm -hmm. at least, and, and look to uh, uh, improve our lifestyle um, by living in Spain. So we that's when we decided to move here interesting that's that's a, an interesting approach that you took right there yeah really? it was it was it was and literally we did the exercise on it we've got three options here where are we going to move i'm this is my list no number one number two number three new mm. zealand spain and england was my list new zealand at the top spain in the middle and England was at the bottom. At that stage, I was sick of England. I didn't want to be there. And, uh -huh. and her list was the opposite. England, Spain, and New Zealand. Because okay. New Zealand was just so far away from her family, it was a non-option. 
And so Spain came in the middle for both of us. It was literally the compromise. Yeah, well, it was the one thing in common, the common factor. Right. Yeah. So oh. for better or worse, we chose the compromise. Right. Right. I have a question. How how far away is New Zealand from 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 Spain? Like like time wise, when you're flying, how far does it take to fly? New Zealand and Spain are literally the opposite sides of the world. Well, so are you and I right now, basically. Well, kind of. <laughs> literally the opposite sides of the world. So from I think, if I'm not mistaken. From my city, Auckland in New Zealand, if you go directly through the center of the earth, you come out somewhere close to Sevilla in Spain. So literally opposite sides of the world. Um, and so it's 24 hours flying time. Oh my God, seriously, 24 hours? Yeah, but a, but a plane can't fly that long. No, no, I know. But just like the, the, yeah. the journey of going from one place to the other will take you... Literally 24 hours. No, you'd need more. Because you can't fly that long, so you have to stop. So, for example, my father's with us right now. He's just arrived. His trip took him, uh, took him 33 hours. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's far. Oh, sorry. 36 hours. 36 hours uh, from New Zealand to Spain. I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah. Because right. he, he had to stop. Uh, he stopped three times. He flew from New Zealand to Australia, from mm -hmm. Australia to the Middle East, from the Middle East to Madrid, and then from Madrid to where I am on the other side of Spain. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying that. I had no idea. Yeah. So, exactly. So, for my wife, and I can completely understand, um, to ask her to move to the opposite side of the world from her family. It was like a huge ask. And it wasn't something I was going to force or, or get heavy on. You know, I, for me, it was a no-brainer. New Zealand's the best place to raise a family. But yeah. okay. if, you're not, if you're not comfortable with it, then you don't want to do it. Then. So when did you move to Spain? What year was it exactly? We moved to Spain in December of 2015. 2015. All right. So yep. would you like to share a little bit about your journey in Spain, learning a new language, opening a school, starting your own business? You've done so many things in, in you know, just a few years. It, it hasn't even been a decade and you've done tons of things. So tell me about I've that. Had, I've had fun. I've been busy. <laughs> yeah. We started, I've made it an adventure. Uh, from day one. So when we moved to Spain, we were living in a flat in England and we had, there's an unfurnished flat, so we owned all our own furniture and all our own stuff. And the last thing I wanted to do was to sell all of our stuff or try and sell all of our stuff, move to Spain and then have to try and buy all of our stuff, all stuff again. And so I rented a small truck And I drove down to the coast of England and I put it on a ferry and uh, on a, on a our ferry and we shipped down to uh, north of Spain, to Santander, and then we drove the eight hours down to where we live in this wow. mini truck. 
with all of our belongings in the back. Um, and it was funny getting off the getting off the the ship in Santander and coming through um, the checkpoints and the security and the guard if you will and they opened the back of the truck and there was like house, literally our house full of everything in there and like the question like, the question well what are you doing and what is all of the stuff and who did you rob? <laughs> um, so there was we started it by making a real adventure of it and um my wife was pregnant at the time and our son was um two and a half years old mm-hmm. so we're in the front seat of this little truck with a car seat in the middle and two and a half year old in the middle and through through the night i drove down uh eight hours wow. down what a journey um, yeah. now that, that you say that i'm like Wondering why didn't I move all my stuff from Costa Rica to here? You know, that was a dumb thing to do. I should have done that. Good, good I, move. I couldn't, I couldn't even fathom the idea of trying to sell everything. And then I mean buying stuff's great. I love buying stuff. But trying to sell everything, that's just a hassle and hard work and takes forever and is annoying. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, horrible. Horrible. Tell me so, about it. I have to no, do we've it. We've got all the stuff already. We're gonna need it at the other end. And renting a truck wasn't that expensive. And I found a company where I could rent a truck in England and they would pick it up from us in Spain at the other end. Wow. Because okay. they literally did England to Spain removals, removals. So then what they would do is they would find someone who needed to rent the truck to move to England. Mm-hmm. And that person would drive the truck back. That's kind of nice because in a way uh, you brought your home with you. Yep. You know, like, and that yep. uh, even though you were starting in a new place and starting from scratch, uh, everything that you had was your stuff. And that, I guess, gave you a sense of, of being home, of belonging, like in the same place. So then what happened? We, to start with, we, um, we didn't have a place to move into. So we stayed with uh, her parents for a while. And when our when our second son Ruben was born, we we went and we rented a a small a uh, small flat, mm-hmm. and we started out our lives from there independently. I found a job. I went to the local English academies, um, and was offered three jobs out of three visits, so it wasn't hard. Yeah. Um, I am, um, before I came down to Spain, I went and trained in England and did some teaching in England. So I went through um, English and did my Cambridge English uh, CELTA training and got my degree in teaching English to adults. Okay. And I came down to Spain. So having had a bit of experience and training, And so um, finding a job was really quick and easy. And I found a job literally around the corner from where we were living. Um, Yeah. Turned out to be a horrible job and a horrible place to work. But it was experience and I needed it. 
yes and when you're new to a country like you can't really complain like you, you get what you get and then you you make the best of it and, and learn it and learn what you can and if when you're ready to move on you do it as soon as possible right yeah right so you were talking you you asked earlier about you know the differences in culture and, and in england that maybe the differences in culture are much smaller mm-hmm. and much more nuanced whereas the differences in culture here were much greater and 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 oddly enough having lived with a spanish woman for so long i had learned absolutely zero spanish because we had spent all of our time making sure her english was perfect and working just we lived and we breathed in english so that mm-hmm. she could live and work in english yeah um and now here i was and now here we were in england uh, in spain and i was working in uh in a company teaching english um with a, a native english woman who owned the business and we continued speaking english at home so that our children had english mm-hmm. um and my life just continued in english right so learning spanish still became was you know it was still not at the top of my agenda and it was still not happening properly um and i tried a few classes and um i just found it impossible i just found it really boring and really horrible and you know being given lists and lists of conjugated verbs to to learn memorize right and i uh, like this is there's no fun in this at all mhm and i can, i just can't fathom it and i um one of my colleagues i got one of my colleagues to try and help me and give me some coaching and some classes and but her approach you know in teaching spanish was still much the same it okay. seems it seems to me like like the way we teach english well i don't know the way i teach english and then the way people teach spanish was just too different and i just, I couldn't get it and I wasn't interested in that it didn't make it fun for me. And I guess a big part of it was I'd never planned you know but when I was back in New Zealand I never planned to travel. Traveling, living in a different country, learning a different language had never been part of my agenda. Right. And so here I was um you know 39 now going 40 and starting to learn a language. And my and head it's not just, an easy language. It's not an easy language to learn. Spanish is But well, my head just exploded. My head was like, "What? You you know, you know, you're nearly 40 here and you're trying to teach me to think in a different way?" Yeah. Uh, wow. And it, it didn't work. It didn't work out. So um I found the first couple of years I found really difficult. I depended on my wife a lot mm-hmm. for basic things like going to the doctor and the dentist and just normal services because my spanish was so limited at mm-hmm. that level at that point mm-hmm. for the first for the first two years yeah but your spanish is pretty advanced now i mean you can have a conversation you can understand most of it so i think you you've done a great job in the you know you did a great job in the next few years i was forced to Well, of course you're living in a Spanish speaking country. I mean it's that the least you can do is learn the language. <laughs> right? I mean it's going to make your life easier. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. 
So, but what? So what happened? The forcing factor was what happened is my wife and I ended up getting divorced. Mm-hmm. So when we separated, I was on I was on my own, and I didn't have a crutch anymore to fall back on or an excuse to rely on, and I was forced to, and I and I did, and I got out there, and I made it happen, and I couldn't find classes that suited me. And so I, I just made sure I took every opportunity I could to talk Spanish to people in the street and in the cafe and my customers, my clients' parents. And um, when I went to the doctor and everywhere and anywhere I could, I just made it an opportunity of talking to people. And that's how you learn, right? You have to talk. And that's how I learn. Yeah. I made it real for myself. I made it meaningful for myself. Um, and I'm still doing it today. At every at every opportunity, I took my son to the hospital yesterday. Nothing serious, just a, a checkup. And mm-hmm. there was something I couldn't get. I don't know the vocabulary for. I can't, it was a rash, right? And I'm like, I don't know how, how do you say rash in Spanish? And I was asking him, and he didn't quite know either. He couldn't remember. And so I'm learning new vocabulary at every opportunity and in any brief visit. And that's. That's my Spanish lessons. You say salpullido. Yeah. <laughs> right. I know. So I learned. I learned the other day. Yes. Awesome. All right. right so tell me about English naturally. How do you, how did you come up with that? Why did you decide to do that? Yeah. So when we, when we left England, part of the plan was come down, uh, teach English and potentially open up our own English school because there's a great need for English uh, in this part of Spain. In Spain in general, but in this part of Spain, especially. And so it was always on the agenda when we moved. And we opened the school in, uh, in April of 2018, sort of two years after arriving, and just before we separated. And, um, and when we did separate, I took on the business, and, and she decided she didn't want uh, to be part of it anymore. Mm-hmm. And... We, um, yeah, I, at that stage, I was teaching adults and children and company classes and everybody and everything. Uh, and, and I wasn't 100% sure what I was doing and I didn't speak very much Spanish. Mm-hmm. So it was the maddest of ideas. But it works out. It worked out. I mean, it's a great project. I love your yeah. your vision, your perspective, and how you how you're teaching children to learn. You know, in a fun, interactive way, making it um, natural, making it uh, you know possible for for them to start since they're very very young. I think it's a beautiful approach that you're bringing to this town, and completely different to what most academies do. Yeah, we um, I, I, I'm re- I'm really proud now of what I've achieved and what I've built. Um, at the beginning, it was, um, it, it was a little bit of everything for everybody and it wasn't really focused. Um, but then, of course, when we separated, I was forced to change my approach. And then, of course, when COVID hit in 2020, everything changed. Yeah. And so when COVID hit, every, everything changed and I decided complete just to change the, the business completely because it, COVID actually did me a favor. It gave me the 
the space and the time to stop and sit back and look at what I created up to that point. And I realized that mm. I wasn't really doing anything different to other academies or mm -hmm. other people around. And it wasn't the project that I had dreamed of when I was back in England. So um, during COVID and during lockdown, I, I dreamed up and planned up and built up a completely different program. And we, we now only teach school-aged children and we teach them in a completely natural way. And uh, we run uh, a mixture of group classes, private classes and workshops and craft events and family events. And everyone gets a everyone gets the same program, the same package. I love what when I see your your photographs, like even your academy, it's so organic, you know, the decoration and yeah. everything that you use, it just feels so natural. It feels so comfortable. Like I would I would right. love to be a child and be learning there because it doesn't feel like learning. It's just it's living, it's having fun, you yeah. know. It's like absolutely yeah, yeah, absolutely. The idea for me was was that from the very beginning, you know, and that's where the, the name English Naturally came from, was that we wanted to be able to create a space and a place where people, children, could learn English uh, naturally in the way they learned their first language as much as is possible, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, we've got a lot of raw words <clears throat> and, um, and nice greens and blues and, and yellow colours. Yeah. Um, lots of books and so it's exactly like you said a really nice comfortable warm uh, place yeah it feels very very warm so yeah. daniel uh just to finish our conversation today i want i wanted to share with with those who are watching obviously you're a whole different person now that you were when you left new zealand right it's yeah. been a lot of years and a lot of changes you've grown so much um what recommendations would you give based on your experience, based on your learning? <clears throat> what advice would you share? I would, I would say, uh, don't be afraid to give it a try. Don't be afraid to make change. Don't be afraid to do something new. Don't be afraid to step out there, right out there, outside the box, outside your comfort zone. Because even if it all falls apart as it did for me at some stage, you know, um, sometimes the best things come out of those moments. You know, for me, I can absolutely say that the best things have come out of the, the worst experiences. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the complete falling apart has made, has given the space for the building up of something that I'm now really, really proud of and, and a person that I'm now really proud of. Um, so don't be afraid to get out there. Uh, the world is an amazing place. I've been fortunate enough to visit um, somewhere in the region of 26 now. And um, <clears throat> they're all different. Uh, and they've all got interesting people. And some you'll love, some you'll hate, some you'll be meh. Um, and that's the whole point. You know, get out there and see it, do it. I think right. that's I think that's the advice I'd give is do it. Make you live it. Exactly. Yeah. Get and, out and there and live a little. 
<laughs> and embrace those differences, right? Because that's Absolutely. what makes every culture unique, every person unique. So it's also good to learn from that, even if you're afraid sometimes, like of things that are different. Oh, absolutely. You got to be. You got to be afraid sometimes. If you're not, if it's all too comfortable, I think that's something I've learned. If it's all too comfortable, then you're not living. And uh, and maybe you should look at pushing a pushing a boundary or two. I agree. Totally. Absolutely. All right, Daniel, thank you for sharing your life experiences and, and your, a little bit of your story so that people can get to know who you are and, and why you decided to start with this project. Because uh, just in case you don't know, this, this project was Daniel's idea. I'm invited to be here to share experiences. And in our next videos, you will be watching um, other people sharing their stories and sharing their their advice and uh, whatever right. uh, you know they want to share with us um so you know this is just the beginning we wanted to introduce ourselves uh, yep. let you know <clears throat> where we come from why we're doing this and and what you can expect from the following video so hopefully you can subscribe so you don't miss anything in the future and yep. leave comments or whatever you want in the uh in the comments and recommendations or anything yeah, absolutely. And anyone out there who's got uh, an interesting story, anyone out there who's um, started in one country, moved to another, or has really good experience in different countries, get in touch with either Rafia or I um, via our social media channels or emails, and um, and we can start a conversation about that because we really want to we really want to invite people on this show um, who have got something interesting to share with people because I think this journey that we take from one place to another is always interesting is always full of ups and downs and I think you use the word roller coaster and, and that certainly applies to my life over the last 20 years yeah exactly well every story is beautiful and every every yeah. story is interesting and we we can learn so much from each other right, right. And, and, and bad experiences good experiences it doesn't matter we're here to share and to learn and to remember that we're never alone. Like, it's not just us. Like, oh, it happens to me only. No, it happens to everybody, right? We share the same struggles. We, we share the same or similar dreams. So, you know, yeah. that's what we're here for, right? Yeah. Thank you Daniel, so much. All right. And I will see Thank you soon. You. And I'll see you guys soon too. We'll see bye. you in the next one. Okay, bye. See ya. Okay, wait.